the TX Water Polo Podcast. I'm James Smith in Austin, Texas. That's Joe Linehan in San Antonio. And um, a couple years ago, we had this big uh, production where we talked about how this sport was finally going to be UIL. And then there was a pandemic and it delayed things. But guess what? The UIL season is now fully underway. Both you and I have been knee deep in it already. Um, So uh, let's talk some high school water polo, Joe. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good, James. Um, yeah, so, it's it's great that these games are going and tournaments are happening. It's and, it's and it's, it's around the state too. It's not just in like Dallas and Houston. There's games in San Antonio, and there's going to be games in the Rio Grande Valley and Austin and all that stuff. So it's great. I saw McCoy at uh, San Antonio because I was refereeing, and um, I think I'm the only person he really smiles at. I'm fairly certain of that. I, he yeah. just couldn't stop smiling at me. He's laughing at you, James. He's oh, damn it. Probably was because I can't stand wearing all the whites and all that stuff. Um, let's talk about some results. Um, there are lots of tournament action. I mean, we would call it tournament. Some people call it some other things. Um, let's head off to North Texas. Um, what were the – if you could name maybe a couple of games that you think are were sort of the most telling. I have some ideas. But uh, what, what – uh, give us some scores from North Texas that took place this last weekend that, uh, that might tell us something about the upcoming season. You know, let's just start on the girls' side, you know. So, like, I, I know Marcus and Geyer played a, a tight game on the girls' side. It was a 7-6 score. And then um, and then also the Highland Park and Marcus, yeah, yeah, also played a close game with Marcus coming on top on both those games. So yeah. that's going to be, like, kind of that group of teams is going to be very, very close, like, all day. Flower Mound, obviously the – like this, like the state champions this past spring, they kind of they kind of e- e- easily beat Geyer, and um, it was like uh, they beat uh, kind of Highland Park by about four or five goals. So Flyer Mount kind of flexed its muscles, kind of a little bit. I'm sure they're they're yeah they're waiting to play uh, again against South Lake. Yeah, but I mean, the, like those were like the teams that were basically you know, on the girls' side, on the boys' side. You know, you had straight Jesuit that actually traveled. Yeah, up they traveled from up Houston there to yep. go up there, and they had a. Wing and they and yeah and yeah and they got to play um Highland Park not a big defensive battle because it was nineteen seventeen but <laughs> yeah. um Highland Park for a first year program they definitely yeah they yeah they definitely flexed their muscles kind of a little bit and yeah and and they beat uh, straight Jesuit um and then Strake and uh, straight Jesuit and Dallas Jesuit got to play which is which is fabulous yeah and that Who was a, that was a thirteen nine game with Strake. Yeah, yeah, we're straight kind of winning, but uh, but, but yeah, but I think Jason Gall is doing a great job with that program kind of up there. Um, then and then of course you know kind of, kind of Marcus is going to be a strong team also up uh, up in North Texas and you know and yeah and yeah and they beat Geyer and um, it was a tie with straight Jesuit, so obviously that's going to be a tough Solid. game kind of going yeah. forward. And then it was and then and then um, kind of kind of Highland Park kind of kind of outmuscled the Marcus group. Kind of, kind of thirteen nine on the boys' side, but and then Flower Mount also, also, also did some good things. Like, like they only played on one day. They, but they, but they lost to Straight Jesuit and they, and they beat Geyer. So, there's a lot of good water polo kind of being played up there. But, you know, it's it's this is still early. It, like it's going to be really to see who's like these are the non-district games and tournaments that that yeah 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 that people can play. So teams are still getting to kind of know their athletes and and coaches are probably are, are probably playing their benches to see kind of kind of kind of what they have kind of building towards the district season so. i always like the uh, the newcomers and this is of course it's a double-edged sword so highland park 
has it has ex- a very experienced players, has a very experienced coach. But it is fun to see a new program just sort of emerge and do well. I mean, you know, again, we could have that debate about whether they're that new. But uh, just from the standpoint of adding new high schools to the lists that are participating, here's a school that really hasn't participated ever before. Not really. And so all of a sudden they're very successful. It's, it's, it's kind of cool in that regard. I'm sure their opponents don't think the same thing, but there you go. Um, we yeah, had, I mean, no. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's great. I mean, we haven't seen South Lake Carroll yet play for right, Bill, exactly. Like, yeah, kind of up there. I think they're starting this upcoming weekend. So, um, but yeah, so like you know, obviously, I think kind of North Texas is going to be strong, kind of kind of relative to the rest of like the yeah, like the state. But I think also strong is going to be the Houston teams. Yeah. And here we go. So, um, I, uh, you sent me the scores. I've got them in front of me. Um, I think maybe the lead is to say that Foster's for real on the girls' side down in Houston. I think Foster is for real. I think Foster, and, and I think Foster was yeah was for real this past springtime too. They just had a tough kind of a second round game at state, but um, but um, yeah, I don't think they um they graduated a, a, an important player, but you know they probably brought in two or three strong players that have a lot of experience for that Viper Pigeon 14 new girls team. And I think they're going to be one of the strongest teams kind of out there. Yeah, for sure. Yep. They, uh, they beat side Creek for the championship at the CF side fair varsity water polo tournament. Uh, it was nine to six over side Creek. Um, and then the final game, and maybe you know more about this than I do. The final game for the boys was Memorial beat side Creek three to one. Is that correct? That's what it says. Wow. That is impossible. It's a, you know, the USA Water Polo is not going to be happy with that outcome given the rules that were supposed to increase scoring. But anyway, Memorial Strong, some other teams that did well. Um, Woodlands beat Stratford. Um, Side Creek is solid. Um, any any other, Jersey Village, of course. Uh, any any other things that highlighted f- for you? No, it's just, I mean, I just want to give a shout out to the CFISD. Right. So the Cypher kind of school district, I think they're doing a great job kind of out there, kind of getting the word out, kind of uh, kind of really just hosting this huge tournament at the beginning of the season. They're all in on water polo. Yes, they are. They're all in on water polo. And Chris Jones, Chris and Jones. Webb and and, uh, and, yeah, and Jeff Chandler, yeah, like kind of kind of kind of they're kind of leading the charge up there. And we will have an interview with Jeff Chandler at the at in the second half of this podcast. There you so. go. Yep. Um I ha- I cannot commend Chris Jones enough. Like for, it's a personal thing. First of all, when they opened that facility, he was instrumental in having ODP practices there. He and I spoke at the very beginning and he's just been crazy supportive from the very start so i'm delighted by that they had a lot of games this weekend a lot so that's really good news for the sport in that area uh, and well a lot of games and a lot of good games too yeah so, exactly you know like you're always going to have like like the top like kind of two or three boys and two or three girls teams but i think like the middle class is getting stronger and stronger and they're getting a lot more competitive and you know and and that's just a testament to the coaches that are getting better and learning and yeah, I mean, and just getting and probably more kids playing club kind of kind of outside the high school season. So, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's just good to see that, that people are getting stronger. And I think it's just, people are getting so much more excited about the sport, you know, and that's, and that's, that's what I'm hearing throughout the state. It's just, people are excited. Like people are excited that normally aren't excited. Yeah. You know, like school administrators, that's you know, good news. Like, you know, kind of news, uh, like kind of news channels. People are excited about the sport. And th- and that's this is only the first couple of weeks. So. Only 
only the first couple of weeks, but and also they so this tournament spanned two courses at Cy Fair, which is where the gold quote gold tournament took place. That's twelve teams. Then also a six team elim- elimination silver tournament at Cypress Ranch, Cy Ranch, and a six team elimination bronze tournament at Bridgeland. All the same weekend. I mean, this is. That that's a very impressive beginning to the UIL season. I'll just put it that way. Oh yeah, it's great. And then there's also been games. I don't know. I mean, there's been a lot of morning games the last couple of weeks too that oh, are non-district that. games. Okay. So there's been a lot of morning games, like like you know, kind of JV girls and JV boys, oh, and then varsity girls great. and varsity boys, and they've been playing at eight, nine, ten, and eleven o'clock. <laughs> like, which is kind of awesome. You know, you yeah. don't think about the morning games, right? So. Um, I mean, this is obviously before school starts, right. so they can so they can do that. Um, but you know, kind of once school starts, games are gonna be in the afternoon. But um, they're just trying to make the day a little bit shorter for everybody, and and I think they're just building the excitement. It's a little bit different. Yeah, just people are coming to the pool. People are being attracted to that. So I mean, it's great that all these different teams are playing. So very great. Um, I mentioned San Antonio. That's exactly you know that's where you live, as we know. Um, you and I were at Alamo um, AISD. There's also games uh, on the north side, um, which I know about. Um, I was refereeing at um, at uh, AISD, and so I'm not good at remembering scores. I'm just not. I'm just paying attention to what's going on in the pool. But I will say this: the team that stood out for me for that that uh, game day was Brandeis. They they did very well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think Brandeis came out. They beat St. Agnes, who came over from kind of Houston, which was yeah. great. I think that's tremendous. It is really um, good. And uh, was it um, like their girls? Kind of, yeah, kind of beat their girls, and then the Brandeis boys kind of kind of stepped up and beat Clark and both Alma Heights and Clark. And there were some good teams. And the bet, yeah, the best part about that was like you know the Brandeis games and the Clark games. Those those were their first games outside of Northside, right? In ten years, which is huge. Because a lot of the a lot of those Northside teams now are playing outside their comfort zone, yeah. and uh, was it and they're getting out there and playing different people, um, and you know and you know it's not just those teams, but you got the Alma Heights teams, that, yeah, 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 they're playing that are going to be strong, um, you know, and then there's that, that was at Alma Heights. I also went over kind of later in, in the day, and there was a ton of games over at the NISD Swim Center. Yeah which is where the Welcome to Texas shootout is done. Right. And there were four courses being played there. So there were six courses of high school water polo being played this past Saturday in, yeah, in San Antonio. Yeah. And there was a ton of, there was a, like all the Kamau schools kind of were out there. The new Southwest ISD schools. Yeah. Yeah. We're playing. Um, like, and then obviously all the, all the, all the NISD schools. So, I mean, it, it's, it's just, it's fun to watch these different teams play. It really is like that. It's it's actually kind of stunning because again, having been part of West Region water polo as we used to call it for some time, um, the number of teams is always hovering between you know ten and twenty. Um, and you know, with San Antonio not playing part, is like you sort of just knew that there are these teams out there that were, you you were just sort of leaving behind in a certain sense. And now they're back with a vengeance. And so just to see the sheer number of programs and where they come from. Is oh, it's really stunning. Like it's just, it's a completely different thing for Central Texas. No, oh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's great, and there's a, there's a lot of good games. There's, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of blowouts. There's the the uh, there's some there's some newer um, programs, you know, that are just learning, right? Yep. And um, which is part of kind of you know the like the first year of the UAL, 
And, um, but like, you know, I, I'm just excited about there's competitive people. People are excited about it. And, you know, and, th- and now we're getting games up in Austin this upcoming weekend. We're getting games down in the Valley this upcoming weekend. There's me some different tournaments going on in Houston uh, as well up in Dallas. So, you know, this is before school starts for a ton of kids. Yep. yep. You know, and kids are playing a ton. And I mean, this is just like volleyball. This is this is a kind of kind of just like football. That the excitement's going to be growing and growing and growing up and up until the playoffs. Man, I'm I'm really looking forward to that first round of playoffs because it's going to be winner go home, right? Yeah, and I and, and yeah, and it's going to be and it's and and, and it's going to be kind of, kind of exciting, um, and it's it, like I, I just think that like the build up's going to be great. It's going to be really good environments it's and it's and it's gonna be great competition so yeah and, and you and i talked about this a million years ago when the whole decision about making it a uil, UIL sport was being debated and one of the drawbacks if you want to put it that way was that the state championship would now be you know with just four teams or per gender rather than um what was it uh 24 no more and it's a bit of a drawback but you said at the time, and I'm actually, I'm on board with this, is that those regional championships are going to be a big deal. And I'm looking forward to seeing what I can from this region in that regard. That's going to be really interesting. Well, it's basically taking what we used to do for region champs and what we used to do for state, just spreading it out over the whole month of October. Right. You know, and, and, it's, and it's going to be, I mean, those first round games where there's the single, like you win or go home, yep. you know, it's going to be, they're going to be hosted at the, at a home pool and people are going to be packed. You know, there'll be parents, family, friends, the like kind of, kind of, kind of other district teams are, are going to be there watching. People are going to be kind of be super excited. That's going to be a lot different than let's say the 8 a.m. game of a regional tournament. Right. Yep. So, um, and, and, and I think if done right, it's going to be very, very positive for, for, for the sport moving forward. Good times. All right. Um, we got some uh, for for those of you who are coaches who are listening. Um, we want your input. So we have a uh, a form that we support that we s- send out weekly. It is uh, for coaches who have been observing uh, water polo in their region. And then we ask you to rank the top five teams on the boys side, top five teams on the girls side. We didn't get a lot of rankings this week, but enough that we can play around with it. So let's go over the top five teams according to uh, Texas coaches um, on the girls side is Foster, Carroll, Flower Mound, Side Creek, and Bridgeland. Um, that's a new one for me, but that's uh, that's where we stand this week. Um, obviously, those will change both with uh, results and also uh, with yeah. Uh, Bridgeland was a good team, and they've and they made state this past year, and they have a and they have a ton of CFWPC kids on there. You go. Team, so. There you go. Yeah. Uh, and- yeah, go ahead. And, and 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 I do think those top five are a, are a kind of a good reflection. I, and and I think Marcus girls from the north. And I do think that there's going to be some team from San Antonio and Austin that are going to rise up too. So. I totally agree with that. Those coaches, you, you know who you are. You got to chip in. You got to tell us, uh, give us your ranking. So, boys side is uh, Brazoswood, Dawson, Carroll, Strake, and Flower Mound. Those are going to clearly change next week. Um, Highland Park received some votes, but I bet they get more next week. Um, and that, that yeah, as a as a result of their results, frankly. Um, so we will look forward to that. But we will, and then we will do this every week and hope that we get more and more coaches uh, taking part. So keep an eye open for that email and take part. It takes it takes 
if it takes five minutes, I'd be surprised. So just keep that in mind um, next time you get an email from uh, TX Water Polo. Um, Players of the Week, you ready? It's Kylie Williams of Highland Park and and Roman Duong of Highland Park. There you go. Two Highland – you can tell who um, uh, got the word out about the vote. So again, look, this is open to anybody, any fan who's been, you know, who's been part of a, uh, or who's observed matches over the week. The, the link is open on the website. You can do the form and submit your sub your nominations for players of the week. And clearly somebody within the Highland park community has gotten the word out because they, well, that's not, that's not to diminish what kind of, at all. Oh, kind of Roman Bolt did. Um, again, it's a first year program and they're stepping up. They're the leaders of, of their team and, and congrats to them. And they're, they're going to get a shout out at the TX water pool uh, website. And this is something that we hope to do each and every week kind of throughout the season and through like through the state tournament. So it, it, this is, this is, this is going to be a ton of fun. So let's get those nominations out there. Roman Duong, nine goals, nine assists, two steals against uh Strake. Um, and four goals, five assists against uh, Jazz, uh, Dallas Jesuit. Um, Kylie, 14 goals against Denton Geyer, plus a broken finger. And then apparently, according to this, she has the actual heart of a tiger. No, lion. Heart of a lion. Heart of a lion. So uh, congratulations. I have to seen both her them. play. That's not far from the truth. Yeah, so. real lion. Okay. Um, yep. Yeah, so next week, let us know who you think is uh, amongst those, and we will hopefully share them as well. So um, what else do we have? You would say water polo stuff is coming up. Um, yeah, we have. I mean, we have the, Arm- the Armadillo Classic is going to be hosted by um, the Mavericks Water Polo Club up in North Texas. Um, I believe it's September 10th and 11th. So um, that's going to be for the eighth grade and under crew. Yes, um, it's and that'll be hosted by Donzi Lilly and his team up there. And then the VP Octo Polo Fest, which was on the schedule, is no longer going to happen. Um, and yeah, instead, it's going to be replaced by the Alamo Classic, which is going to be October 8th and 9th. And that'll be at the Alamo Heights uh, Natatorium in San Antonio. And those that'll again be an eighth grader in under my, uh, like competition. My so, team is a big fan of that. Yeah. San yeah and, um, and then, you know, and then. Also, kind of USA Water Bowl, the Rocktober tournament, which is in the middle of uh, of October, is already sold out. It's become a very popular tournament, and that's a twelve and under event, and that's always in Mesa, kind of kind of, kind of Arizona. Mm-hmm. That is now that is that is sold out, and then the Champions Cup, which is another USA Water Bowl national championship, that is November sixth, uh, yeah, November fifth and sixth. Um, you have to kind of qualify three years on to go, but. Yep. That is still open, so that is an eighth grade and under slash slash four fourteen and, and under event. Um, so if teams are kind of uh, kind kind of looking forward to that, please 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 go ahead and, and kind of, kind of sign up through the USA Water Polo kind of portal. And um, yeah, I mean, and we're still kind of trying to put together some events in November, December, and January, and the whole calendar for 2023. And we're going to get some information out. Out, out to everybody for that. The, uh, um, I know the ODP dates are going to be finalized, so we'll talk about that a little bit next podcast, okay. which, which will be next week. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, it's again, I, and I know I've mentioned this before, but I'm looking forward to 2023. Where is Championship Cup? Do we know that? I don't know off the top of my head. No, and typically Indiana, Michigan, even sometimes in Texas. So we'll see about that. That's a that is a fun tournament to watch, though. Very fun. We'll be right back with Joe's conversation with head coach Jeff Chandler from Side Creek.
Hi, this is Natalie Benson, and you are listening to a podcast about water polo in Texas. Today we have Jeff Chandler, who's the head coach for Cy Creek High School and also the program director for CFWPC in Northwest Houston. Jeff, how are you doing today? Great. Thanks for having me, Joe. Yeah, well, and, and today, you know, we're, we're, we have just started the first ever EOIL kind of high school season. So we're going to be talking primarily about high school water polo. Um, and, you know, you were the first team to practice. You had the Midnight Madness, which is great. And I think a lot of coaches talked about it, but I think you're the only one that did it. So tell us a little bit about the Midnight, yeah, the midnight Madness. Um, well, once we figured we were going to do this, we talked with a couple coaches about wanting to be the first to have a practice, first to have a non-district game, first to have a district game, all that fun stuff, and then realize that some of it's a pipe dream and you can't really do all of that. So I knew we could do the midnight practice. And having that, having the participation that I had, uh, was amazing. Every kid showed up that was in town uh, that's going to play for us. We had probably maybe 15 to 16 parents that showed up and stayed for a while. Um, some brought their blankets, pillows, and kind of laid down for the last couple hours, but it was a blast. It was good to, to see all the kids again. So, so, so were they excited about it? And then for, for those, I, I didn't really define the Midnight Madness. Jeff and his high school team, they got in the water at 12.01 a.m. on Monday, August 1st. So I believe that they were the first high school team that practiced um, yeah, this season. So, um, I mean, and I also believe that there was a kind of a news crew that came out too, right? Yes, sir. Channel 2? So the, so the kids must have been excited about all this, right? Yes. A couple of them got interviewed. Um, I, like I said, I was happily amazed that they were all there and fired up to be there. Uh, several of them who just got back from Junior Olympics, a four-day tournament up in Dallas. So um, to see them there, we didn't really do anything hard, you know, but being there at 12.01 a.m. was a blast. I mean, so, I mean, just as a, as a general feel, how are your parents and athletes and your like kind of admin and the coach kind of within your school or is everybody just really excited about this season? Yes. Our district is very excited about this season. Our school uh, administration and athletic department there, booster club, just whatever you need. Uh, we're here to support you. Um, we'll see about the fans and the stands once school starts, see if kids start showing up. But we've had a, couple, had a couple teachers that have never seen the sport before that were like wow this is pretty neat yeah i mean no it's i mean it's kind of a great little show like a great little showcase i mean football started to practice i don't think they play games yet but like you know this is this is this is something new and people people want to see it so i mean and you've already played some games right so how is the season going so far uh pretty good pretty good uh believe the boys have lost one game this past weekend to memorial and the girls have lost twice to foster um, we're still starting to gel as a team. Got a long ways to go. So, like, kind of, what are your expectations for this season for your boys and girls? Win it all, right? There you go. And that's what I love. A lot of girls are like, well, we'd like to make the play. No, you win state. That is the ultimate goal. 
That's always something. try to win state. So that is why I was told I was here and why Side Creek is so hated. <laughs> All right, so, so now, obviously, this is a much different season than the previous 50, right? So um, um, what are some challenges for this fall? Um, well, just logistics coming up here with swimming, uh, only having a six-lane shallow deep pool, running girls' practice in the morning and boys' practice in the afternoon as far as class periods, and then just we end up having to get those swimmers um, that don't swim club. Um, the ones that swim club, obviously, they'll come to our practices and they'll stretch and maybe do a little dry land work, but they won't be getting in the water. Um, just trying to figure out how to do that right now. And the scheduling, when it all happened, it's kind of thrown on us all at once. That was kind of frustrating, but I think we all made it through. We're, we're running now. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, it's this is the first year, and then the second year will, yeah, will be even better. I think that's, I, I think that's kind of, kind of one of the fun things is everybody kind of scheduled their games here in what April, May, June, you know, and this year people are already starting to talk about scheduling for, for next year. Yes, and you know the schedules are probably going to be done by the end of 2022 or the beginning of 2023 for next fall. So, which is very exciting because then people kind of kind of won't have to worry about it. But like, you know, I mean, as far as the spring and the club season compared to the like kind of high school season, what are the major differences for your program? Like, I know you have the swimming to deal with, but like as far as like kind of like the district games and kind of how our tournaments run, et cetera. Um, Well, the tournament we just played in, CFISD uh, inaugural season one, we had played a round robin with, uh, four teams in it, and then the ones and twos play to give you a 12-seeded uh, single elimination tournament. And if you win your first two games in that, you end up playing seven games. So our girls and boys played seven on uh, past Thursday and Friday and Saturday. And then basically on the times on that, they went five-minute quarters. But the non-district games, we've been playing you know, JV at five or six, and then varsity at six or seven, just depending on what's, what teams agree to. Uh, district games will be seven-minute periods, three full timeouts, and a 30-second timeout. Yeah, I mean, and are, 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 are you guys doing JV games as well? Uh, yes, yes, we are. Because I do know that there are some school districts that aren't quite doing kind of, kind of the JV yet. But uh, no, 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 it sounds like, I mean, it's going to be similar, but you know, the biggest difference kind of, kind of that I see are going to be kind of like the playoffs. You know, it's going to be the single, it's like, it's like the state tournament and it's like the state and region tournament just spread out. Yes. And it's going to be just single uh, elimination. You win, like you keep playing. So, I mean, so how are you going to prepare your team a little bit differently? Kind of, kind of, kind of knowing that the playoffs are like that. Uh, the last two years, I think in COVID, for anything, but maybe this, that we were able to spread out our regional tournament. So it kind of mirrored what we think is going to be happening. We kind of looked at softball and volleyball and uh, basketball, looked at those sports and how their brackets went along the, throughout the playoffs. And our tournament turned into a, used to be a double elimination 16-team tournament, but then it turned into a single elimination 16-team So we play one night, Winners play on the next weekend and so on and so 
Yeah, it's gonna be it's yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a bit of a of a wild ride for everybody. Just no one knows exactly what it's gonna actually be like, you know. So, um, but um, I mean, you mentioned Foster, like like you like you mentioned Memorial. So, what are the other strong teams in, in your area, like your district, your like the Houston area? Um, Roswood is pretty good. I'm hearing on the boys side, uh, Dawson. Uh, straight Jesuit, um, Jersey Village has a strong boys team. Uh, Memorial has a strong boys team. Uh, Bridgeland has a great girls team. We have battled with them the last uh, couple of times. Uh, and then, you know, there's, there's a lot of average teams out there. I would oh, say. Yeah. You know, there's some dominant teams, those five or six I mentioned, um, pretty much. I don't want to say cream of the crop down here, but the respective areas, how the regions are going to break out, they are. Yeah, it's, it's going to be kind of curious on how teams play and kind of who they play as far as, uh, you know, like the first round of the playoffs. Are you going to get two dominant teams from the same region playing the first round? Or is it going to be in the region or is it going to be a little bit closer to the region championship? It's Yeah, it's going to be kind of curious on how that all, like how, how that's all going to shake out. But um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, now you're also a member of the Tosca Water Polo Board, or sorry, the Tisca Water Polo Board. Um, I mean, you, yeah, your thoughts on Tosca, um, the like the high school state tournament kind of kind of happened, and yeah, kind of kind of in San Antonio. Um, I would not want their job. It paid me nine figures. It's a thankless job. They do a great job with it. Um, how they got it all organized, the way they did, as fast as they did. Um, kudos to them. Um, I'm working with them. It's been, I've had to change my coaching style just on the, the threats of our district saying, you get a red card, we're going, you know, we're going to Austin. Um, I'm not doing that trip. I didn't say goodbye to them. So I like coaching. So I'm <laughs> asking officials, what can my kids do to not get, you know, excluded? What can my kids do to not, you know, draw that offensive foul or, or whatever you call it? Not like that, but being a little more cordial to the officials, and it seemed, I seem to think that I got a more of a you know, better treatment of our kids and the way they were calling the game. And they did explain themselves, so and that's all I kind of want half the time is, what are you seeing that I'm not seeing? Um, yeah, I mean, and, and and that's always the case, you know. It's just, you know, yeah, that's a big big deal now. If you get the yeah, if coaches get red cards, they have to take a trip to Austin, um, and that's and I don't think a couple of kids that. get misconducts this weekend, and they had to sit that game and the very next game. Was and that misconducts? Misconduct, yeah, minor misconducts. So okay. a kid gets rolled from a game, not three exclusions, but anything else, yellow card, you know, God forbid, brutality. Um, they're getting a note from from Austin. Well, yeah, and and it's and it's, it's going to be good that that's going to allow everybody to kind of focus on the water like like a little bit more right yes so, and uh kids 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 can sometimes be a little over exuberant and uh was it uh this is going to allow them to focus kind of a little bit and and this is going to be and this is going to be a lot of fun kind of, kind of up and down the line um another thing was i kind of liked i, I saw that straight jesuit kind of went up to uh to uh, dallas this past weekend I also saw that St. Agnes was over in San Antonio. 
And I'm and I'm hoping that, you know, this first year was a little hard as far as the scheduling, but I hope that that's going to open it up for different teams to travel kind of kind of outside of, of, of their areas. Kind of thoughts on that for next year and, and beyond. Um, I think it's awesome that they're doing that. Um, obviously, they're able to pull the funds a little quicker than most of us. But, yeah, we've definitely talked about that as a parent group. Um, my coaching staff also in our district as far as taking, you know, four schools and going to another district and playing over the weekend, you know, around Robin type of scenario, boys and girls. But, yeah. you know, this, this year was, I, you know, we've got so many games going on and I, in August, I just keep telling everybody, if I can make it through August, we're going to be great. If I can make it through August, we're going to be okay. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, then at the end of, and at the end of October, State championship is in San Antonio. When was the last time it was in San Antonio? So when was the last time that you came to San Antonio for a high school game? It must. I I've never been there to play high school. Um, I'd say 07 would have been the last year it was there. It was seven, or maybe ten, but that was whenever there was the like the, you know, oh, the like, lit, yeah then. Yeah, like the dual states going on, but yeah, um, but yeah, it's been a while. So, and it's great. I mean, I, I like, I like, like I live in San Antonio, so it's great to see the different San Antonio teams play, especially ones that haven't played that like kind of outside their district kind of for a while. So it's yeah, it's it's been, an, and I think everybody's really kind of enjoying the season so far. Of course, yeah. school hasn't started yet for most everybody, and you know, kind of once school starts, it's going to be a different story. But, um. Are there are are there for a team that's a school district coach that's thinking about starting high school water polo next year? Do you have any comments? Yeah, you, you, you yeah for them. Go for it. I mean, reach out. USA Water Polo has tons of information out there. I'm sure there's coaches throughout the state. Email me. I'll send you whatever I have. Um, just did a summer long clinic with three great lecturers and coaches and. You know, we're not recreating the wheel. I, the stuff that I have, um, my high school coach did, and his high school coach did, or his college coach did, or my college coach did, you know, and still reaching out to a lot of the members out there, you know, picking their brains, they're picking mine, back and forth. Yeah, the water, yeah, the water, we want, everybody wants everybody else to be successful, and we want as many teams playing as possible. So, you know, yes, there's going to be rivalries. Yes, there's going to be this and that. But it's one of those things where people are here to help. There are plenty of people to help. So if you're thinking about playing, just come on out and kind of reach out to me. Yeah, kind of via the podcast. And we can put you in touch with different people. And there's plenty of resources out there. But Jeff, thank you so much. Um, I believe you have some morning games tomorrow. Which yes, sir. So kind of, kind of good luck with that. And thank you so much for doing this. Anytime, Joe. Thank you. That's it. That was Joe's conversation with Jeff Chandler. Um, we will be back a week from now with more players of the week um, and uh, rankings and so on. But uh, I think that's it for today, right, Joe? Yep. Uh, sounds good, Jeff. We're all done. Thank you very much. And thanks for listening and telling a friend about the TX Water Polo Podcast. And until next time, so long from Austin. Found our way through the lost
This has been a production of TWP Sports, LLC.